Having a nice mimosa today. What are you doing? <laughs> a mimosa. Yeah. Huh? Um, I'm. Uh... Was that not the plan? <sighs> Having my morning coffee. Yes. Yes. I, I am as well. Coffee is a way of life for me. Let's just be clear. I'm not talking like this over roasted, burnt Starbucks coffee bullshit. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> proper coffee that I made myself. I did not drive through. I did not get whipped with skinny foam latte whatever black coffee that's that's the spice of life right there i i am the same i am the same i my morning coffee is necessary yeah. and, and i will be I, I work from home fundamentally i will be late for meetings and i will get on the meetings when it's late and go sorry coffee pot problem <laughs> and, oh, yep. and no one says boo you know yep we childless by choice people get all grumpy. People like, oh, sorry, I had to get my kids ready, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? You can't plan? But if you say, sorry, I had a coffee problem. Oh, my God, absolutely. That's I can wait. Please take your time. Yes. Yes. It is under, mm -hmm. It is very, very acceptable. So I am a, due to blood pressure, <laughs> I I used to be a, I used to be a, you know, coffee in the car on the way to work, coffee again when I got to work, coffee in the mid-afternoon kind of person. And I, I was told not to do that anymore. <laughs> or you could, you know, take up meditation and drop the whole angry dad routine. No. That might help. No. No. I, I okay. you know, I love my coffee, but something's just got to go. <laughs> so I have been, of all the habits I've been able to to break or to change, you know, and they're, they're hard. And well, that's a great topic for us one day is just habit. I have been able to bring myself down to the single cup. You know, as many times as the doctors say, lose weight and, and stop eating, you know, stop eating meat. <laughs> we'll go there. Uh, those things I just cannot seem to do. But I've managed to bring myself down to my single morning cup of coffee. Wow. Um, I yeah. don't, I have no words for that. I'll have like a, sometimes I'll have a decaf tea in the afternoon. I If I'm having a really, really rough day, if I haven't slept well and I need to be, a, I, I need a little caffeine, I actually will do a half calf in the afternoon. I because uh, I have a Keurig, and we can get into the environmental impacts of Keurig. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I know you, I know you, you know, lead uh, marches on an annual basis against the Keurig company. Exactly. Yes. I will. Uh, the thing people get annoyed about me with not annoyed, but but people like their eyes widen and their jaws hit the floor. I will make a cup of coffee in the morning, and I will sit at my desk, and I will nurse that thing for for three hours. I'll, I'll have to just finish it up when it's time to make some lunch. Wow. On that single cup. I I have no frame of reference for that. <laughs> I don't, wow. I measure my coffee consumption in cups per hour. <laughs> Typically, the the managers at work that report to me, they, they know. They'll poke, like if it's something burning, I'm in the office, they'll poke their head in the morning like, how many cups in are you? <laughs> Like I just got my first cup of late. I'll be back in twenty minutes. Oh, <laughs> they just they, they just know to measure you that way. That's uh, yep. that's yep. interesting. Yep. And so I've got all these little like little signs and and desk tchotchkes that they would get me over the years that are all coffee related, right? I've got one that looks like one of those one of those laminated door tags with your name on it. It said, "But first coffee," and then 
another one says, look, I didn't know how awesome I was going to be today before I had coffee either. So I'm like, <laughs> that is pretty true. Uh, yes, they know me so well. Oh, gosh. My my favorite coffee mug that I have at work, it's, it just, it's a white mug and in black lettering that looks like it was written by a four-year-old. It says, I smile because you've finally driven me insane. <laughs> It, it's not a smile it's a grimace yeah yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's c- yeah. cut into my face like the joker yeah. yeah i i when i was in college undergrad i drank coffee but not i mean who am i kidding yes i drank coffee in undergrad but mostly because i was working like night security like i would go to work at i basically worked third shift all through college so i i would go to work work night security in like the dorms and then because I was in the science, science, hard sciences track, all, we had like 7.30 a.m., three-day-a-week classes. Oof. Like, you could not get away from it. Mm-hmm. So for my entire undergrad career, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7.30 a.m., there was always at least a class. So I just like, like, well, it's I get off of work at 5. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I worked I worked from midnight till 5, and they'd be like, well, I got a couple hours. Uh, Go get some coffee and some breakfast, right? And what I started out as a night person, and just by virtue of that whole third shift thing, I think I moved into being a morning person. <laughs> and that whole aspect of coffee, like at the end of my at the end of my shift before I started classes, this it became a whole thing. Hmm. And I think that's when I really started to get, I'm gonna say attached to coffee not just as a as its lovely luscious velvety liquid but the the whole ritual of morning coffee i i know i drank coffee in college but i think to your point it was necessity based i don't think i really got into it as a as just a part of the daily routine until i was a a, a working adult it wasn't when did that happen um i'll let you know when it hits (laughs) okay okay (laughs) The working part or the adult part. I mean, really, I could go either way. And, I mean, you always had Dunkin' Donuts and even Starbucks. I mean, Starbucks has been around. Starbucks started in 1971, but it wasn't what it yeah. was today. No. So it wasn't the kind of thing. It was, I will An abomination. Tell, well, abomination, but not just from a not just from a what-they-serve perspective. And don't get me wrong. We are a Starbucks family to a degree. Uh, I I get tea at Starbucks. I get their chai tea, which is you know, fantastic. Coffee is awful. Well, it, it, it is too burnt. It is too burnt. The only mass market coffees you can get, you can get burnt coffee at Starbucks or coffee milkshake at Dunkin' Donuts with the whole light and sweet thing, which is uh, bleh, like diabetes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know here, so we have a Starbucks, I don't know, it's half a mile from, from the middle school. And these are your, these are your 12, 13, 14 year olds. When that school lets out, there is a mass, especially during the warm weather like now, there, there's a mass group of kids walking down, getting lattes and hanging out by Starbucks. It's a kid hangout. That's weird. It is, it is weird. I don't get it. All these, you know, look, I'm glad they're doing that and not vaping and God knows what else, but they are, they are. <laughs> that comes later. That comes when they, when they need, yeah. when they need to come down <laughs> right. from all the caffeine. Right. Right. I need to relax. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Uh, but it has become, I mean, there's the whole status part of Starbucks, which mm-hmm. we, we can or cannot bother talking about. But uh, the the kid aspect of it, the marketing to kids, so I think people are getting into coffee earlier. 
and certainly with all the focus in in youth on um, identification of ADHD and stimulants and whatnot, caffeine's kind of a natural connection with all of that, and probably mm-hmm. causes a fair amount of it as well. <laughs> I think I just solved. I think I just solved everything. Did, <laughs> I just yeah. put it all together. <laughs> Oh, thanks for listening, folks. Yep. We're done for the day. Yep. That's uh, knock this one out of the park in just, under ten. I just fixed it all. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, but that's just another day of being Greg. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. Up. Oh, I got. Hold on. I got to go spritz the meat. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back on track. It, it dries out on the grill. Otherwise. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where the hell were you going with that? I, uh, I, uh, anyway, God, anyway, anyway, yes. So my my point on all that is simply, when we were kids, we didn't. I don't think you had the. I'll say coffee pressure. Is that a thing? Oh, coffee beer pressure? Coffee. Yeah. Well, where would where were you going to hang out? I mean, the video store. True. We, the arcade. We went to the video store, which had the arcade in the back, and we played Punch Out all afternoon. Yeah, exactly. It's a gauntlet for us. Oh, but Contra, Contra was the best. Oh, Contra, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. the this concept for of coffee. Now people are like, "How do you drink so much coffee? Oh my god, you must get massive headaches." So here's the thing: when I got into graduate school, I was in a uh, here at UW Madison was in a lab by myself for quite a while it was a reasonably small lab this professor was just starting up his graduate program and so I was in for almost a year I was in this lab by myself and I had this 12 cup coffee maker that I brought with me from from undergrad and so I would come in in the morning and because this was a ritual for me right I would fill that sucker up and I would drink that whole 12 cup coffee pot by myself oh, by 10 o'clock in the morning and things started to get weird <laughs> oh, yeah you think <laughs> and so it was like this it was it was the ritual of having a cup with hot liquid in it in the morning as part of what i'm doing i mean granted i love the smell of coffee i love the taste of coffee it's just something that i just didn't realize i was doing mm-hmm. and so i'm like oh my god so after about well I don't know, eight months of that. Yeah, the headache started. And so then I'm like, all right, I got to cut back. So I just cut back drinking coffee, period. And I started getting really, really badly dehydrated because I was. You're drinking nothing. The, yeah. I was drinking nothing. And so I'm like, that's not good either. So like, well, just, just drink water. I'm like, ah, that's gross. Who just drinks plain water? That's so boring. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, all right, I got to do something different. So what I started doing was buying really good coffee enough for a graduate student living on a stipend that was not easy to do but i'd buy really good coffee whole beans i'd grind it myself and then i would make a strong pot of coffee but like not 12 cups six cups cutting back 50 percent cut back that's good and then when i'd fill up my cup i would add hot water to it okay and so it would dilute it down you were sort of cold brewing before it was a thing (laughs) <laughs> of course, I'm a trendsetter. Yes. So that was back in uh, the year was 1997, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I've I've consumed my coffee that way to this day. Hmm. I'll make it really strong, and then basically, what is a quote cup now is like, like you, know, you get you get the coffee pot that says how many cups are on there. Have you ever pour out 
the volume of liquid that says is one cup. It's like this tiny little china teacup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is, yeah, a cup for ants. No, <laughs> we're going to, my cup is uh, probably holds a quart. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, so. <laughs> that's like if you ever looked at what a real serving of peanut butter is, you'd cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I don't bother to look. Yeah. But so I'll fill that, I'll fill it up with, you know, six ounces of, of coffee, like good black coffee. And then I'll fill up probably another four ounces of, of hot water. It, it's And that's how I keep myself from killing people. That's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it just, but it's it just, but it's, it is, very, but yeah, it's, it's like, like I said, it's part of the ritual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole thing. Now, when I'm on the road, that's, it's a lot harder. Sure. Especially if you go into like a Starbucks or a caribou coffee or something like that, and you try to explain to them what you want, and they look at you like you got three heads. Best, like, best, no. best, best coffee in, in the world is like at Cumberland Farms or one of those gas station type things. They just – Oh, totally. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I am – and I am the uh, complete flip side. So I used to do – you know, we had a 12-cup pot because that's what you had, and my wife – I, you know what? She got me into coffee, now that I'm remembering this correctly, and then promptly stopped drinking coffee. Codependent enabler. Oh, my God. Yeah, she 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 got me hooked, and then she walked away, and then, you know. I used to make, you know, half of a 12-cup pot, and to your point, drink it. And then we, I, I was, it was too much. But OCD being what it is, like, I wouldn't not finish it because it was there, and what a waste to not finish the coffee. So I eventually moved to a four cup pot. I got like a little Mr. Coffee four cup pot and that was cute and it worked, but eventually we moved to a Keurig and this is going back 10 years or so. You know, we might've been an early adopter of Keurig 15 years. I don't know. That way I can have a cup and that way Jill can have a decaf or I mentioned the half calf before, you know, I buy the half calf cups too for if I need a, a little bit. Just a, just a little taste. Just a little taste. <laughs> just a little taste. Right, uh, right, right. And my daughter has discovered the half calf. <laughs> mm. she, she, she still feels like I shouldn't really have coffee, coffee, but a half calf's okay. And then she just loads it up with cream and sugar and chocolate syrup. And it's like, of oh course. God, it's a, you know, just if you have a milkshake, have a milkshake. It's like, tastes like melted coffee ice cream. Mm-hmm. That's what. They get the kids hooked on, yeah, on the sugar. Yeah. Well, we have instant coffee in the house, and I because I've used that in the past. Oh, the, we'll get to that in a minute. And, and you know, in the breakfast smoothies, I have sometimes done that. Inst- I've tried to instead of have my coffee, just put some instant into my breakfast smoothie, and mm-hmm. and you get the caffeine, but you lose the ritual. Yep, you totally lose the ritual. Yeah, and and, and the ritual, even the sound of the coffee pot is part of that ritual for me. It is wonderful when, you know, wife and kids have left for the day for work and school. I get the coffee and I bring my coffee to my desk and start working. But there, there is even on the hottest, most humid, nasty day, that hot coffee just feels so good. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason I'm able to nurse it all day, I have one of those little coasters, a Mr. Coffee coaster that has, that's weight sensitive. And when you put a mug on it, it heats up. And it will stay hot for – it'll go off after 30 minutes if you haven't moved the mug. Mm-hmm. So I can keep a cup of coffee, an open mug, like not a travel mug, just a wide open mug, hot for hours and hours. Wow. And I will sit there and nurse it and sip it. 
Um, and I'm sure the people I work with who see me at on an 8.30 call and again at 10 and again at noon are like, how much coffee are you drinking all day? It's like, no, it's still the same cup. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and then they, they're like, gross. I can't mm. imagine that. I don't know. I don't trust people who don't drink coffee. <laughs> you don't trust people that don't drink coffee. <laughs> they're shifty-eyed. <laughs> Unlike the people that drink a pot of coffee, they're not shifty-eyed at all. No, they're like dead. They stare you right, right into the soul. <laughs> but what? So what about how do you how do you take your coffee? Like I take my coffee like I take my fill in the uh. blank. <laughs> yeah, no, mine is black and bitter. Yeah, I, as is mine. As is mine. Although I will, I will say you're gonna hate this. You know, when I buy my K cups. Uh, and I'm always every time in the supermarket, I just go down the coffee aisle and just check out what's on sale. But I will get I will get cinnamon or hazelnut or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I will not put any foreign substances into the cup with the coffee. I don't I don't drink flavored coffees. I don't put any sugar or cream or anything else in my coffee. It's all about the coffee mm. and the different types of coffee from around the world because they they there's a difference in this sense. There is terroir, but we won't go down that whole stretch, which was a diatribe of our last podcast. Yes. So for me, really, the for coffee, it was the, the enlightenment period was uh, when I got my first big boy job out of graduate school doing uh, ag research. I worked with, actually, I worked with a guy that I've been in graduate school with. Uh, he got hired, too, and he was from Turkey. I made, made coffee in the lab one day and he came in and he's like, what is this crap? <laughs> he goes, let me show you how coffee is made. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he had brought, he, he brought his own coffee with him in his own little brewing kit. And in the lab, he made me proper Turkish coffee and, uh, it was transcendent. <laughs> I was hooked. I'm like, you make with this, bring it at more, bring more. Every day, bring more. <laughs> he goes, you know how hard this stuff is to get here? Uh, don't care, bring more. So I was introduced to that. I'm like, holy crap. And then so then he would bring in different beans from different places, and we'd, we'd try them. And I don't know if you've ever seen Turkish coffee, but it's ground into a powder, like um, almost like powdered sugar. Oh, wow. Fine. Hmm. You put it in this little like brass um, carafe, and... You add your water to it, and you put it in, like, hot sand, like, wicked hot sand, and it, like, boils there. And then you let the ground settle. Sometimes you'll put some stuff in it to settle the grounds on the bottom of this little carafe, and then you pour the the coffee out of the top. Get out of town. It is brilliant. But I'm not that ritualistic about my coffee. Yeah, that's that sounds like a, a second <laughs> job right there. It was, but it was, and it's not like they drink nor, nor could you drink more than a, a cup, and for them, a cup looked like a like a double espresso cup. Oh boy! Okay, so it's because that's all you needed. Because <laughs> you have any more than that, you're going to have problems. <laughs> uh, uh, mo- mostly heart palpitations. But but see, but again, that that to me, it's interesting there because the ritual part of it now the ritual is in the production of it, not so much in the drinking of it. Mm-hmm. Because the drinking of it do- doesn't take all that long. <laughs> well, the, the drinking of it's usually done communally and it's just part of it it's like this is coffee time Mm -hmm. you make the coffee you talk you drink the coffee you talk and when you're done everybody goes to work ah see i don't need a person to be with me to talk in the morning because i have my coffee my coffee speaks to me 
it's interesting. I, as much of a grumpy bastard as I am, I am a morning person. And I think that, I don't know, I like going to the coffee shop in the morning. We have this little coffee shop, a little town called Cross Plains that, that I live near. And uh, it's been, uh, this coffee shop, Crossroads, has been open for, oh, I don't know, 15 years now. But I went in there like the first day they opened. And I'm like, oh my God, cool, a coffee shop. And now the proprietress, she and I are really close friends. But it's, it's you walk in, you, now granted, I hear the sound of like the, the coffee machines and stuff, the espresso machines and the hissing. It's, it's humid in there. And from the steam, there's like murmur, people talking. It's like people are awake. It's like time to go. It's like morning time. Awesome. If you're not a morning person, that is like awful. That is like torture <laughs> to, oh, to yeah. go in there. So I think it has a lot to do with, with that aspect as to where I like that aspect of, of being around other morning people. Because if you're a morning person and you're only around like night people all the time, you just, it's, it's not a good time. I'll give you a similar but very different example of, of a coffee ritual. And you might have heard that I sometimes work with the Boy Scouts. It might have come up. Yes, it has a couple, there. couple dozen. So I have, times. I have one, one particular scout leader in our in our troop. When when he's on the trips with us, brings his French press, like it's a thing. But for the rest of us, if we're if we don't want to put in that kind of effort, we will. We have either you know single serve little instant packets, and you're just mm-hmm. boiling water on a camp stove, or you can buy bags like tea bags. They're coffee bags, mm-hmm. and you've got to let that steep forever. Oh yeah. And it's not great, but once again, it's it's not about the coffee. When when the adults all get up, and we boil some water, and we're you know every three minutes we're yelling at the kids to get you know to wake up from their tents, but we are all sitting in a circle around the campfire ring, drinking crappy coffee, and just like taking in the nature and the morning, and getting ready to start the day together. Again, very ritualistic, and the 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 coffee is a is crap, but it's a thing that we mm-hmm. need to jumpstart together. And not, not from the chemical perspective, I don't think. I think it's just much more of a of the process that we go through. So, and it's a bonding experience of drinking crappy coffee around a campfire. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. The, the, the next stop on James' coffee uh, awakening is, again, when I was still working at that same ag company doing field research, I was several several years later, I was running the field research program and we had hundreds of field trials all over the world. We were doing, um, I was mostly concerned with Central and South America. And so coffee came up. And so we started doing research on coffee and I'm like, I'm in, let's go. And so there's Honduras or Costa Rica, Guatemala, Brazil doing research on, on coffee and being exposed to those cultures and what coffee means to those cultures. It was really, really incredible because some of those, some of those countries, um, those folks, yeah, their coffee is world renowned, but it's not really a huge part of their culture. Other countries, it's everything about their culture. You cannot get away from coffee. I, I don't know. I just found it really intriguing. Uh, then we went to Hawaii and then tried the Kona coffee and Kona is really cool. Kona coffee. But this last time we were in Hawaii, I came back with instant Kona coffee. Huh. Because I'm like, I've never seen this. And if you don't know, Kona coffee is blindingly expensive. Uh, it's about $70 a pound. Oh, my God. And, yeah. Because it's only grown in, in a 
a strip of land up the mountain on the Big Island that's two miles wide and 28 miles long. And that's the only place it grows. I like, I got to try this. It's this little tiny jar. It was like 15 bucks. I'm like, yeah, who cares? Oh my God, is it awesome? Hmm. I didn't know instant coffee could be so awesome. I also have a problem. So well, sure. Yeah, sure. Now, now, now it's gone and now I don't know what to do. So, and it's an awfully expensive run to the store. So you can find Kona coffee in the supermarket, but I imagine, is that more of a Kona? Is it one of these tricky word plays where it's Kona style coffee and it's not actually yep. Kona? Ah, exactly. Yep. Lovely. Exactly. So you got, and in that like two by 28 mile band, there's like 700 independent coffee growers. Shush. Yeah. Cause it's all, it's all mountain grown, all shade grown stuff. So it's, it's all handpicked. It's really cool. You can imagine a lot of hand labor. It's very expensive. Uh, and Hawaii, it's very delicious as well. That does sound good. No, I love my coffee. It's part of who I am. It's part of my identity. I mean, I love mine too. You and I use it very differently, ritualistically, certainly. I mentioned earlier the whole Keurig thing, which I know makes your skin crawl. Do you want to hit us with some some st- some landfill statistics? <laughs> this is old data. Yes. Uh, so let's let's. This is when I I started to really grind my gears because when the Keurigs came out, we're like, ooh, that's interesting. It's strange to think of a measure of success about how much your product ends up in the garbage. But <laughs> uh, way back in the day. Uh, unless you're he- unless you're hefty, you know. Oh, I mean, of course, exactly. You know, yeah. 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 Glad. Mm-hmm. Uh, way back in the day, I was involved in, I was a, had a job as a environmental initiatives coordinator for a relatively large landscape construction company. And uh, I would go to all these various conferences and one of the conferences, uh, there was a paper being presented. It's like a graduate student program for environmental sustainability out of New York City. And they did a survey. Now, think of these poor graduate students. They did a survey of residential and commercial garbage. What's in it, right? So that's going to the landfill. Mm-hmm. You know, they break it out into like food waste and like uh, solid non decomposing waste and decomposing solids, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, see if I can, I don't know what the data was, but you can imagine how much trash is generated out of New York City. Oh, God, yes. Right. Of the non-degradable solids, of which made up well over half of the volume, 4%, 4.0% were current coffee pods. It's unbelievable, especially for New York City when you've got a coffee shop in every corner. You'd think that it would be less of a thing there. <laughs> now, again, this was this was years ago, so I'm not sure what's changed because now you've got pods that that are like biodegradable. Like mm-hmm. the the pre measured coffee that I get is in um, compostable fiber mesh uh, pods. Oh, you like a like a like a circle thing? Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. and. That's which they go in the compost pile outside. But um, yeah, this the whole concept of Keurig. And then, and then Keurig, of course, you know, when you're really successful, you get all these knockoffs, right? It's not a, really a Keurig coffee anymore. Now you get pods that you put your own coffee in, right? And it's reusable. So somebody was thinking, right? Keurig didn't like that. 
<laughs> oh no! Now they've got they've got a scanner exactly. to make sure it, you're using an actual K cup. And I will tell you, I have one of those reusable ones. Clean. It would take me less time to drive to the coffee shop and come home with a <laughs> cup of coffee than to clean that freaking oh, thing. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But just the the whole concept of like, yeah, we realize this is a giant landfill disaster, but. We're going to prohibit anybody from using anything mm-hmm. else but K-cups in our instrument because now you're hooked. Right, right. Well, and that's, uh, let's be fair, that's that's no different than these printer companies putting out patches to say you can't use third-party inks. Oh, of course. Uh, it's 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 all the same BS. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, why does that grind my gears so much, the whole carry thing? I don't know, because, I mean, you could, plastic wa- drinking water bottles is the same thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the actual fuck? But I... At the same time, I live with a woman who absolutely will not drink anything but bottled water when we're outside of the house. So I, I'm like, okay, um, but damn. So yeah, the Keurig thing grinds my gears. That's why I don't have one. Mm-hmm. But I have also consumed many cups of Keurig out of your Keurig coffee maker, your house. But I somehow see that as your problem, not mine. So <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I'm here and somebody's going to drink these things. So it might as well be me. Uh, and I, and I think at that point, there's a, there's a greater good there. And the, the one incremental K cup in the landfill versus you uncaffeinated. Uh, I think the impact on the environment, it's a no brainer, which one of those has a worse impact. <laughs> Of course, I'm a trendsetter. 